Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 167 of the Necessary Roughness podcast, presented by Last Word on Sports. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic. Hope you all are having a fantastic end of your month of August, beginning of September, the month that brings us back the football content we so desire. In fact, we are less than one week away from week one, the opening game, the Detroit Lions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and we will break down that game in today's episode, but you saw the title. If you've listened the last few weeks, you know what we're leading up to. Today is our postseason pick'em. It is our end-of-season award predictions. Is it going to be a long episode? Perhaps, perhaps not. Last week's really wasn't. As we start to get into the season, we'll get longer and longer, obviously. Games to break down. More games to break down in terms of picks and recaps and things like that. News, projections, who's hot, who's not, all that. We'll get into the standout seven format. More traditionally, maybe next episode, if not, certainly the one after. But either way, here we are. Let's get started on this episode. Before we get into why we're all here, let's go through some news and notes real quick. So, first things first I wanted to get to here. The Arizona Cardinals, we talked about them. Just last week, I was. It's not exactly breaking news to say this team is not going to be good. I think they are intentionally, you know, I'll use the air quotes, they're tanking, right? The Kyler Murray regime with Kingsbury has not really panned out. Kingsbury's gone. Kyler's still there for now. We'll see what happens next year. I would be a little surprised if he was their starting QB to start next season. However, I was also surprised that Colt McCoy is not the starting QB for these Arizona Cardinals going into week one and going into the regular season. Rather, it appears they're going to be going with Joshua Dobbs, who they acquired less than a month ago, which is certainly, I make this reference a fair amount, it's certainly some Madden football sort of uh, strategizing. Josh Dobbs has started two games in his, uh, well, not-so-short career. He's going to be entering the season at 28 years old. He's played in eight games. He is 50 of 85 in his entire career. Two touchdowns, three picks. 40 of 68 came last year in relief duty where he didn't play that bad. He didn't play great, but he didn't play that bad, I will say quite honestly. However, in a division with the San Francisco 49ers, who were just in the championship game, the Seahawks were the surprise turnaround team, and here they are still there. The Rams potentially bouncing back. It's going to be a tough sell. Moreover, speaking of those L.A. Rams, it appeared that Cooper Cup had a setback and uh, may or may not be as healthy as we were led to believe going into the regular season. Am I on the Rams hype train? We'll talk wild card for the NFC in a little bit, but the injury to Cup certainly makes me a little squeamish, especially since, if you remember, and if not, I will remind you, if this is your first year, with the program, I had the Rams going back to back. How did that look, Nick? Not great. Uh, however, I did have the Bills in the Super Bowl, which was, I guess, also a popular pick that didn't work out. Uh, I had Jonathan Taylor, Offensive Player of the Year, which did not happen, but Jonathan Taylor, heck of a player. Let's see, take a look real quick at his numbers from last year. Ah, injury shortened. That is correct. I was thinking of 2021. 
He had 860 rushing yards in 11 games and 140 receiving. Not a bad year, but injury shortened, it'll do that to you. More picks I botched last year. Von Miller defensive. So both my offensive and defensive player of the year candidates got hurt. That's on me. Had Kayvon Thibodeau bought into the hype. Didn't win the defensive rookie of the year. Decent rookie. Didn't get the sack numbers to climb up the numbers. Climb up the charts, I should say. Comeback player of the year, I had Baker Mayfield. And I had Trevor Lawrence in second. Trevor had a much better year. Um, However, Baker obviously did not. He's on a new team again this year. Maybe I'll buy into the hype yet again. But we're not up to that part of the show yet. More news and notes. Vikings have extended tight end TJ Hawkinson. Four years, $68.5 million. I think it's tremendous. I think TJ Hawkinson is a really good player, and I will never understand, never, 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 why the Detroit Lions moved him in division and why they did so in the middle of a season where, I mean, they were a pretty good team. And, you know, one of the teams that they may or may not have been chasing were those very Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Uh, Kind of a a five-head play, you know, five-dimensional chess, if you will. Except it didn't work, which is, you know, not unpredictable for a five-dimensional chess move. Either way, congrats to the Vikings. After losing Dalvin Cook, it was big to keep Hawkinson. Big move. Um, more news. We missed the Ryan Jensen injury in last week's episode just because of timing. Uh, he's going to be out for the season. Big concerns for him. Knee injury. Tampa Bay center, obviously. Big player. Uh, big player for them. Von Miller going to be out until at least week four. He's on the pup list, physically unable to perform. Uh, the New York Giants made a deal at the end of the preseason here for Boogie Basham, pass rusher out of Buffalo. Has Boogie Basham been a world beater in Buffalo? Well, no. Um, in two seasons, he's accumulated just four and a half sacks, and realistically, I mean, 37 combined tackles. Mm, not great. But it helps the Giants pass rush, and they needed it. Like I said, Thibodeau was the big ticket one last year, and he didn't come together and, uh, you know, save the day in terms of pass rushing. He played pretty well, but didn't put up the numbers they needed in terms of sack totals. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gave his take on the Trey Lance trade, called it weird. Yeah, I think he's pretty right. Um, pretty pretty quick week here, folks. We're at the end of the preseason, so that'll be the end of the news and notes, and we're going to get right in to my postseason predictions. We will start as we did with two episodes ago, episode number 165, the conference of the defending champion, the American Football Conference. To refresh your memory, our division winners last year, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. Our wildcard teams, the Los Angeles, not San Diego, Superchargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Miami Dolphins, just on the outside looking in. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-8. and eight, The New England Patriots at 8-9. and nine. Okay. Here's where I stand. My division winners are the very same teams as last year that I just noted for you. Nothing spicy. I've got Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, and Jags. In that order. I've got the Bengals as my one seed, and I will put every asterisk I can. It is it is foolish of me, I know, 
to put as many apples in this basket. It is foolish of me to bank on the health of a quarterback going into the season we know is battling or recovering from an injury, but I will do just that. I will put Joey B, Jamar Chase, and the gang as the one seed in the American Football Conference. My two seed is the Buffalo Bills. Now, is this me underrating Kansas City? Probably. It probably is. However, I think a lot of the things that made Buffalo a sexy pick last year are still fairly true. Truly. I think the team is still pretty darn good. I think that some of the Stefan Diggs drama is a little overblown. However, if they get off to a cold start, it wouldn't shock me if it turned out to be true. I'll say that of a Stephen, Stephen A. Smith rumor, right? Or murmurings that he's heard. You can deny, 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 but I doubt the man is blatantly going out and making things up. He heard something from someone who heard something from someone. That would make my three seed the Kansas City Chiefs. Two years ago, actually last year, I believe I fought with it, I considered picking the L.A. Superchargers over Kansas City. There were at points in last season where I uttered the phrase multiple times, well, it's time for the Chargers to show me. They never did. They never did. They lost the division by four games. They never showed me. So you know what? I'm jumping back. I'm st- I still think the Chargers are darn good. Spoilers, I've got them in my wild card hunt here. But truly, I'm taking Kansas City to hold down the division. The reason I'm making a big spectacle of this is because I honestly think the Jaguars have a chance to improve and jump up this ranking. Now, is this me knocking Tennessee? I mean, hey, they they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, great. Okay, still it's still Tannehill. And it's still a team very heavily predicated on Derrick Henry, which is is fine. It truly is. I think DeAndre's got more in the tank than Julio did when he got there. Fair. Okay. Um, But I think the Jaguars in a division that is weak. Two rookie quarterbacks in that division and a Titans team that who knows if they're going to be any good. They could rack up some wins in that division. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to continue to ascend the QB rankings. Another year with him and ETN, another year with him and Ingram, a receiving core that was surprisingly good, a defense that was surprisingly good. They've lost the chance to surprise anyone now, but that doesn't mean they can't get better. Jaguars is my four seed, but it's because there's such a deeply entrenched big three here. You have a Bengals team that was, you know, what, a play away? Some protection for Joe Burrow and they win the Super Bowl, maybe? The Bills, who are obviously the hot pick, Josh Allen, the Madden cover boy. I should probably knock him down for that. Madden cover boys usually don't do too great. We know the curse there. But we'll leave that out of it. And obviously Kansas City, with the reigning MVP, multiple-time MVP, multiple-time world champion, Hall of Fame head coach. We know the deal. That's our division winners in the American Football Conference. Wild card hunt. I have the Baltimore Ravens the L.A. Superchargers, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. I have the Ravens and Chargers in. For argument's sake, I will go Ravens above the Chargers. You know what? No. I'm changing my mind live. We're going Chargers above the Ravens. I will bait myself as many times as I please. 
came out wrong. Sorry about that one. But no, in all seriousness, comment section or social media, wherever you happen to be listening to this, at Nick Donatic, N-I-K-D-O-N-A-D-I-C. Let me know your predictions, and uh, in a few months when these are terribly wrong, like my NFC picks from last year, or my Tom Brady MVP pick, uh, yeah, feel free to rub that one in my face. And you know what? If you hit it on the nose, maybe take a couple bucks to Vegas with you next time you're down there. Chargers is my five seed, Baltimore is my six seed, and I have Miami and the Jets fighting it out for the final wild card spot. And it comes down to, I wasn't a huge believer in the Jets last year. I know they're going to be better. I know they've brought in Aaron Rodgers. This is a Miami team that was genuinely a pretty darn good team, guys. I mean, I know the Tua injuries really hit it. The year before, they were 9-8. and eight. This past year, they were 9-8, and eight, and they were a postseason team. They got stomped. I know. I know. I'm taking Miami, and I'll throw the asterisk in there that, oh, Tua's got to stay healthy. I'll throw as many asterisks as I damn well please. He's got to stay healthy, obviously. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy for this pick to matter. Otherwise, the Jets are the de facto better team. That would leave us with the Cincinnati Bengals having a first-round bye. Our first-round matchups would be the Buffalo Bills taking on the Dolphins again, the Chiefs taking on the Ravens, and the Jaguars taking on the Chargers. Pretty similar to last year, huh? I'm going to go Buffalo winning at home, the Chiefs winning at home, and Chargers Jaguars again. Can the can the Jags get him again? I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers to pull off the quote unquote upset. Get some revenge. Do something. You got such a talented team. Come on. Maybe they'll blow it on clock management again like they always do. Okay. Divisional weekend in the AFC. We have the Bengals playing host to the Chargers. And the Bills playing host to to the Chiefs. Bengals Chargers would be tremendous. I'm taking the Bengals. I think they're a darn good team and we know they have Super Bowl pedigree and Eli Apple's not there to blow coverage anymore. Give me the Bengals. We've got Bills Chiefs. Now, a smart man, which I may or may not be, would take the Chiefs here. They would say, It was the hot pick last year to take Buffalo. Didn't happen. This year, won't happen again. However, last year Kansas City got Jacksonville, and Buffalo had to do their, I guess you can call it a rematch. Their game with the Bengals was suspended, you know what I mean there. Their rematch with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came out on top. Despite being the lower seed, I... I'm going to take the Chiefs. I wanted, I really wanted to bait myself there. But you know what? I got to go with, I got to go with what works. Give me Kansas City and the Bengals. It's not a spicy pick. It's an obvious pick. I know it. Let's do it. This one's going to be in Cincinnati. We've heard that they're the kryptonite of the Kansas City Chiefs before. However, the Kansas City Chiefs, Nonetheless, represented the AFC last year. I think the Bengals will represent 
the American Football Conference this season. I have the Cincinnati Bengals coming out of the AFC for my 2023-2024 Super Bowl prediction. This will be Super Bowl 58, if memory serves. National Football Conference, the conference of the losing team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Top four seeds. I've got the Eagles winning their division. Actually, sorry. Let's go back and show last year's real quick. Last year, we had the Eagles winning the East. We had San Francisco winning the West. We had Minnesota winning the North and the Buccaneers limping their way into the postseason in the South with an 8-9 and nine record, and everyone else in the division was 7-10. and 10. Our wildcard teams were the Dallas Cowboys at 12-5, and five, the New York Football Giants at 9-7-1, and one, and the Seahawks at 9-8. and eight. On the outside, looking in, the Washington Commanders, or football team, whichever you prefer, at 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, the Detroit Lions at 9-8, and eight, and the Packers, who have since lost their quarterback, at 8-9. and nine. To win the divisions, I am going to go relatively chalky. Again. I know it's boring. I'm sorry, folks. But we'll get into the fun. The fun stuff is unpredictable. When you're trying to predict the unpredictable, sometimes, well, it doesn't get great. I'm taking Philly as my one seed. I know they've lost pieces. I think they're still really good. I'm taking San Fran as my two seed. I am skeptical on Brock Purdy. This is one that I think could backfire tremendously. Not because Trey Lance is going to go become some megastar, but because we won't find out until the experiment is already halfway cooked. My third seed in the NFC... And I'm I'm really fighting this one. It's, it's because of the strength of their division. I'm going to take Minnesota. It was Minnesota or Detroit, right? I'm going to take Minnesota to come out on top in that one. Hawkinson's there. We just talked about him. I think there's still some good pieces. I know they lost Adam Thielen, a big veteran. Justin Jefferson's still there. I think Alexander Madison is a pretty darn good running back. Is he Dalvin Cook? No. But I think he'll be good enough for them to still have a decent running game and be balanced on offense, and that should be enough. My four seed and winner of the NFC South is the New Orleans Saints. I've talked myself in and around this whole division. Every time I look at it, I think, well, I'm probably not picking the Falcons, even though I liked them last year. Not not that Ritter's bad. I want to see more out of him, right? Bryce Young, rookie win in the division is a hard thing to do. We'll cool the Jets on that one. Tampa Bay with Baker. I wanted to bait myself into that one, but then I saw that Mike Evans is unhappy with the contract situation. There's murmurings that he might get traded. I just told you about Ryan Jensen, the anchor, or one of the anchors of that O-line. Going down, he's going to miss the season. I don't think there's really high morale down there. As much as I think that team will be decent, I really do. I've let Baker, you know, goad me in before. I'm not going to do it again. Not two years in a row in two different cities. Give me New Orleans with Derek Carr, ready to go, and let's see what happens. Right? I don't think he's done. I don't think he's awful like some of the people may have alluded to when there were teams saying, oh, we can get Rodgers or we can get Derek Carr. And you're saying it's like going for a Maserati or going for like, you know, a Honda Fit. Well, the Honda Fit gets you there sometimes, okay? 
My wild card teams, relatively chalkish as well. I've got the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks penciled in, in pen, rather, I should say, in ink. I have them as wild card teams. However, I have a three pack competing for that last wild card spot. I have the Buccaneers, who I just said will not, not goad me in. So you're no, I'm not going to pick them, eh? Then I have the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Am I more of a believer in the Dallas Cowboys, who are just 12 and 5, and for as much as you can rip them, they are in the hunt frequently, or the Detroit Lions, who are going to be playing week one with a chance to show the world we can beat the champs? Well, in the past on this show, and if you've been around, thanks for sticking around, I've been a big fan of Dan Campbell, as everyone else has. You know what? I didn't think Jared Goff was horrible in L.A. I mean, he had a big fall from grace. But when they were a Super Bowl contender, he was competent. He was a pretty good QB. And sometimes that's all you need. The thing that's giving me cause to pause is Jamal Williams is not there anymore. And not that Jamal Williams is Barry Sanders, but Jamal Williams is coming off a year where he had 1,000 yards rushing and 17 rushing touchdowns. 17 rushing touchdowns. That is a, a, a preposterous number, and somehow he is not your running back the following season. Oh, by the way, the other running back, DeAndre Swift, is on the Eagles now. The highest rushing total from last year that's still on this team? Is Justin Jackson still there? Is Craig Reynolds still there? I mean, I think it might be Craig Reynolds. They're going with Jameer Gibbs, right? No beef against Jameer Gibbs, truly. But leaning, what I would say is a significant chunk of your offense on a rookie running back is is quite a gamble, in my opinion. And there's people who are ripping them for drafting him so high. Look, if he's talented and he's going to play day one, then do it. You can get a starting running back. All right, let's go. Plug and play. It gives me cause to pause. Otherwise, I would have had them potentially above Minnesota. With Dallas, it's potentially Dak's interceptions. It's, is Trayvon Diggs going to magically wind up? Well, not magically, I should say. He does jump routes frequently, and he's got good hands. Is Trayvon Diggs going to give you an inordinate amount of interceptions again? Is Tony Pollard, who I think was better than Zeke for quite some time by the end of his tenure in Dallas, going to be able to carry it, carry the load of being a lead back, coming off of a significant lower body injury at the tail end of last season? Am I just hating on the Dallas Cowboys? Perhaps. I'll take the bait. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. You know, I was... Almost talking myself into the Bucks, but then I remembered I picked the Panthers last year with Baker. It went horrible. We're going to take the Detroit Lions. Our NFC is going to be Philly, San Francisco, Minnesota, New Orleans, and just like in the AFC. I had Jacksonville almost creeping up that list. I could see New Orleans creeping up this list. I'm high on them. If Michael Thomas can stay healthy, which is a, a tremendous if, that's, that's like saying, you know, if the Yankees can forget how to strike out for a little while, they can make a playoff push. Uh, it's hard to do. Either way, I can see them creeping up with Kamara and some of the Juwan Johnson. We talked about this in the 
NFC preview episode. If you want a little bit more in-depth on that, feel free to skirt back a little bit. We'll still be here. Don't worry. Either way, they're my four seed. Wild cards, I've got the New York football giants, who I think are improved. Seattle, who I think is probably about the same, if not a little better, because their younger guys are going to be more experienced. And the Detroit Lions. That means Philly will have the bye. Our first matchup will be San Francisco playing host to the Detroit Lions. I've got San Francisco. I, I don't think that's a great matchup for the Detroit Lions. I don't know if San Francisco is a great matchup for anybody except for Philly, who's probably the best team in the NFC, which is why I picked them as a one seed, obviously. Um, our next matchup would be not the rematch between the Vikings and Giants, which could be, depending on seeding, but rather the Vikings playing host to the Seattle Seahawks. And this time I've got the Vikings winning at home. Then I've got a rematch of, well, a game probably nobody remembers, but if you're a Giants fan or a Saints fan, you remember, the shootout at the, was it the Mercedes-Benz back then, or was it just back to being the Superdome? The shootout at the Superdome, let's call it. Drew Brees and Eli Manning going tit-for-tat, 52-49 to game. But at this time, it is Derek Carr, whose brother played for the Giants, and Daniel Jones, who people say looks like Eli Manning. Um, that's an interesting one for me. Because as much as I like Derek Carr, I don't know if Derek Carr is a quarterback that can lead a Super Bowl run. Do I think Daniel Jones is? Mm -hmm. But I do think there's more on the offense for the Giants than New Orleans. So I have the Giants two years in a row pulling off an upset on the road on Wild Card Weekend. NFC Divisional Round. Philadelphia Eagles playing host to... The New York football giants. Philly has lost a lot of pieces. The homer in me, which is clawing its way from my heart to my brain, is telling me the New York Giants can beat the Eagles. But considering I haven't seen it in the regular season yet, I if, if the Giants go into Philly and play competitive and or beat them in New Jersey, if this were to come true, I would pick the Giants. I would. I couldn't stop myself. I wouldn't be able to. However, with enough brain stamina remaining and brain energy, I'm going to fight off my heart and tell myself the Eagles have beaten the Giants up and down the field over and over. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Asterisk. We'll talk about it in a sec. The Eagles will be hosting the NFC Championship game against the winner of the 49ers-Vikings game. It is Kirk Cousins with a chance to redefine the legacy on the road in San Francisco against one of the most storied franchises in the NFC, if not the NFL entirely. Who do I have taken that one? You know damn well I'm not picking Kirk Cousins in a big game. I've done that way too many times. Dalvin Cook's not there. Maybe Justin Jefferson makes some huge plays. Maybe by then they've worked out the contract dispute with Nick Bosa. The holdout's over. He gets three and a half sacks. And Brock Purdy prances his way into Philly. Second consecutive NFC Championship game. This time, maybe he doesn't get hurt. Maybe. However, coming into last season, I talked about the bandwagon of the Philadelphia Eagles and how they just might be a contender to win the NFC. And I said, well, the only thing giving me cause to pause is Jalen Hurts. I wasn't super on the bandwagon. 
it's hard to not be now. Having seen what we've all seen. Is Philly the same team they were last year? No. As I've said over and over again, they've lost starters. They've lost coaches. These things will matter. But can I bank on Brock Purdy to go to Philly and win an NFC championship game? Again, this is a problem with predicting the whole season in advance. If this was real life and the San Francisco 49ers went 12-5 and and Brock Purdy just turned in a 34-touchdown, 12-interception season, I might take the bait. But the odds of that would be that Jalen Hurts had also just turned in a 40-touchdown total season with rushing touchdowns, and the Eagles will still be better. And for that reason, I'm taking Philly to repeat as NFC champions. My Super Bowl pick, the Cincinnati Bengals against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who will have a better record? I have no idea. Does it matter? It's a neutral site game. Bet the coin toss. Go for it. Let's go heads. Um, When I set out to predict this season, unfortunately, and I say this truly, it is unfortunate, um, I start to see the storylines. And as, you know, they like to make the jokes about the NFL being scripted. If I were a script writer, Joe Burrow coming into the season with an injury, right? Joe Burrow, who was a couple of seconds of protection from his O-line away, from being a Super Bowl champion a few years back. Joe Burrow, who, oh, last year was supposed to be the guy that always beats the Chiefs, went out and lost to the Chiefs. I couldn't help but see the storyline that Joe Burrow has a tremendous year, if healthy, I'll throw the asterisk in there, if healthy, the Bengals make their run through the AFC. This time, they beat Kansas City, and they go to the Super Bowl, and they take on Jalen Hurts. Additionally, the storyline of, you know, the Super Bowl loser, not having a Super Bowl hangover, but rather coming back with a vengeance, coming back to win that game, coming back because they were just, just barely short, right? It's it's the Dodgers in baseball. It's a team like uh, the Miami Heat when they first got their super team together, right? Or plenty of basketball teams, realistically. It's happened. However... In this storybook, the necessary roughness universe here that is crafted by yours truly, Joe Burrow gets it done. And the Cincinnati Bengals are officially my Super Bowl pick of the year. Am I ever correct on these? Rarely. A couple years ago, when it was, I believe, when it was Chiefs Bucks, which is a very chalky pick, I believe I got Chiefs Bucks off the rip. And I think I picked it wrong the first time, and then I flipped picks and got it right. We'll go with the Bengals this time. Talk to me in five months if this is the matchup, and we'll see if I feel like flipping. Let's roll through our award winners projections. We'll go Coach of the Year. I'm going to go Dennis Allen, just on a whim. I mean, looking at the teams I have in the postseason here, if the Jaguars truly do improve, and turn into a one seed or a two seed, you could see the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? You could see Doug Peterson creeping up that list. Um, in terms of the NFC, I mean, Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Saints is is chalk till you get to the Saints, right? If somehow the Seahawks find a way to dethrone the 49ers, you could see them popping up. I don't think Dan Campbell gets coach of the year just for making it into the postseason. Um, 
as we saw last year, you know, it didn't work that way. Dayball got it. Maybe being in the postseason helped. I think Campbell might have been the guy. But you know what? Either way, I don't think Campbell gets it this year either. I think the Saints will be a pretty darn good football team. And if that's the case, Dennis Allen deserves Coach of the Year. Moreover, based on some of the things we've seen in the last few years, comeback player of the year last year was Geno Smith. I think if the Saints are good enough to be a playoff team and the Dolphins are good enough to be a playoff team, we have a little potential shenanigans uh, trio here of Derek Carr, the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas, the head leading wide receiver, if he can stay healthy of that team, but it's hard to pick him because he's just, I mean, it's hard for him to stay healthy. Um, and Tua Tungavailoa. If Tua is able to bounce back from the litany of injuries he's had, and once again, it's concussions, it's serious injuries. Knee injuries are serious too, lower body injuries, you throw out your shoulder, those are all serious injuries. But it is massive, in my opinion, for multiple concussions in one season. He would be in the running, and you could make the argument that they would probably may want him to win. Just based off the fact, you know, oh, this guy's kind of had a rough go of it. It might be, it might behoove us to show him a little bit of love here, because as we talked about before in the off season, it's something that can artificially, out of nowhere, do I really want to play football? Right? It can cut that down pretty quick, and nobody can blame you for it if we're being frank. However, I'm going Derek Carr. People made a big deal that he was leading the league in interceptions. I don't think he had a good year. I wouldn't argue that. But, I mean, the guy had 24 touchdowns to 14 picks. 14 picks is not the Eli Manning 27 interceptions we've seen before. You take a look at Derek Carr's numbers. This is pretty much who he is. He has had... He's now entering, rather. His 10th NFL season. 10. These are interception totals from some of those seasons. 12, 13, 13, 10, 14, 14. It's who he is. He tries to fit the ball in there, and sometimes it gets there, sometimes it doesn't. Now, the year that he played 15 games, when the Raiders were tremendous, he was 28 touchdowns to 6 picks. If he goes out there and has 29, 30, 32 touchdowns to 9 interceptions, it might be good enough, considering how he was getting raked over the coals. It just might be. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Here's another one. I was considering Jameer Gibbs because I think he's going to have to play a big role for Detroit. However, I looked around and I looked around and I wound up going with Jordan Addison of the Minnesota Vikings because Jordan Addison is going to be playing opposite Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison is going to be playing in an offense with Alexander Madison and TJ Hawkinson. A lot of long names in this offense. I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to be a number two receiver that looks tremendous. It's reminiscent of Jalen Waddell in Miami with Tyreek Hill, where he's just allowed to ball out because there's so much coverage it has to be shifted to Tyreek Hill, or he will end the game for you. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to chalk it up. I'm going to go Will Anderson Jr. I mean, this is a guy that had like 17 and a half sacks in college. Let's see what he's going to be able to do in the NFL. I know there's not a super amount of talent on that Texans roster. We've talked about this over and over. 
Also, I didn't pick the rookie QBs. They might sneak in as well. Bryce Young could be tremendous. Uh, Stroud could be tremendous. Who knows? We might see Will Levis in Tennessee, depending on how their season breaks out. Either way, didn't go with them. Went with Addison on the offense and Anderson on the defense. Offensive player of the year, speak of the devil. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had a tremendous, tremendous 2022-2023 season. You take a look at his numbers here. I mean, we're talking 1,700 yards, career high. Seven touchdowns, career high. No, that's not a career, excuse me. Not a career high. The yardage. He loses to Justin Jefferson, which is fair, right? However, however, Jefferson, 1,809 yards, eight touchdowns. Didn't beat him by much. Additionally, I may remind you, Tyreek Hill did not have his starting quarterback for multiple games. If two is out there the whole season, Tyreek's going to have a better season. He might go for 2K. He just might. I'm banking a lot on some guys bouncing back from injuries, but you know what? That's how you got to do preseason predictions. It's more fun that way. If you're the pessimist and you say, well, Burrow's nicked up, he won't be okay. Lamar Jackson will get hurt in week 10. Like, where's the fun in that? Give me Tyreek to win Offensive Player of the Year. And Defensive Player of the Year, I, I kicked around a couple. I thought about maybe a DB. I, you know, they always love to throw Micah Parsons in there, understandably so. How about TJ Watt? How about TJ Watt? TJ Watt, already a winner once. Arguably should have been a winner multiple times. He's come in third, second, and first. Three of his five years. Last year, he played in just 10 games. Only played in 10 games. However, while we're here, let's take a peek real quick. His team was 8-2 and two when he was on the football field. If he can stay on the field and continue to help anchor that defense, who knows what Pittsburgh can do. It's a tough division. I think Cleveland's going to be improved. I think Baltimore's good. I think Cincinnati, obviously, is going to be my Super Bowl pick. But if they have any chance at doing it, T.J. Watt's got to be on the field, and he's got to be wreaking havoc. Give me T.J. to win another, as the Watt boys do, another Defensive Player of the Year. My most valuable player. Now, I feel I always fall into this where I pick an MVP who is on either one of the Super Bowl teams or my Super Bowl champion. Now, last year, Patrick Mahomes obviously worked, right? Super Bowl champ, MVP, that's the way it'd be. That's not always the case. You look back to Matt Ryan. You look back to Cam Newton didn't win it in his MVP season. A lot of MVPs don't win the Super Bowl, and depending on how things go nowadays, they don't even make the championship game. But, I've got Joe Burrow. Because I think there's enough... You need some media hype around someone. You need some storyline. You need some, some hype train for someone to win an MVP, right? And Mahomes being the defending MVP champ, MVP and world champ, excuse me, if Burrow starts putting up some big numbers in those head-to-heads they're going to have, I think it could be enough to anchor that run. Again, injuries, who knows? But I'm going to take Joe Burrow to lead his team, same as Mahomes did, to an MVP, lead himself to an MVP, that is, and lead his team to the promised land this upcoming February. Now, that is our season breakdown we have cleared our way through the long offseason and the preseason. Well, short and preseason, longer offseason, I would say. 
we're ready for the 2023 NFL season. This Thursday, the Detroit Lions will head to Arrowhead. Or is it Giha Arrowhead now? We'll head to the home ballpark of the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, Big Red, and Patty Mahomes. Who will bring home the W? Look, I like to make fun picks, but I don't think it'd be a wise pick to pick the Detroit Lions on the road at the rowdy ballpark that is Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs when they are going to be bringing home putting up their banner or their pennant or whatever, it's, it's going to be quite the atmosphere. We saw it a few years ago. We know it gets loud. We know how excitable they are. One deep pass from Mahomes, and it's going to be a madhouse. You're not going to be able to hear anything from the commentary because of the obnoxiously loud, excitable crowd. And uh, if you're going to beat Kansas City, it's got to either be a shootout or you got to have the defense and grind it out. I don't think Detroit has the defense to grind it out unless they get lucky and force some turnovers. Maybe Patty's a little overexcited. I don't see that one happening. Do they have the running game to grind it out? I want to see what Jameer Gibbs has got. You know what? If he goes out there and runs for a buck 25, even if they lose, I might flip my offensive rookie of the year pick. I know people like Jameer Gibbs. I know people also, you know, like I said, they thought they took him too high. If he's a day one starter, it is what it is. Let's see what the Detroit Lions can do. Prime time. Show the world. You know what? We didn't make it last year, but we're good enough. We're coming, NFC. We're coming, Minnesota. You don't have Dalvin Cook no more. You don't have Adam Thielen. You don't have a lot of these guys. Harrison Smith is getting old. Kirk Cousins has never won it. How about us? Why not us? Well, if they ask that question to me, I would say because Kansas City's better. Give me Kansas City. To win this game, it, you know, it might get close. It might be 34-27, 34-30 even. Um, I think Kansas City puts up some points in this game. It's a fun opening night, and we're ready for the NFL season. That'll do it for this episode, folks. Thank you for joining us. Episode number 167 of the Necessary Roughness podcast, presented by Last Word on Sports. Join us next weekend as we break down the opening night action, and prepare you for week one of the NFL season. You want some news before you set your fantasy lineup, before you go out there and throw that parlay and become a millionaire and throw your favorite podcast host a couple dollars, a couple shekels? Tune in next weekend. It'll all be here. As always, as every season begins and ends, I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic, signing off.